You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. Hello, welcome back to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast, a slightly disorganized episode, must I say, because I actually recorded this episode with Jared Freed after watching the part one of The Bachelor finale. Little did I know, because my scheduling is always a little bit off, that I was going to actually watch the part two the day after my interview with Jared. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you a brief little recap of my thoughts, and then you are going to understand why I'm having those thoughts, because Jared actually helped me draw so many conclusions from the discussion that we had together. You remember when I said at the beginning of the season that Hannah Ann was the Luke P of this season? My mistake, Barbara, (laughs) Peter Weber's mom, is in my opinion, the Luke P of this season because she is crazy. She is emotional. She is honestly the one thing that stood out most to me and to Jared. You'll be able to listen later on in the episode. So in my opinion, Barb, (laughs) as people call her, is the reason why guys are always fucking sorry. Okay. Never safe, always sorry. Barb is the reason why men do not take accountability and are sorry over and over again, but make the same mistakes over and over again because they can and they know that their mothers are always going to love them, always going to have their back, always going to defend them. No, grow the fuck up, which is something that Peter is incapable of doing at this point, okay? So I just want to say that I'm completely shook as well by Madison's composure at the end of this, you know, finale part two situation, being publicly bullied by Peter's mom, like she literally was the plague or coronavirus, which we will get to in a little bit, by the way. So personally, my feelings about Madison, do I feel like, you know, her and Peter really love each other? Of course I fucking do. But here's what I see in her. I feel like she is the Meghan Markle of the entertainment industry because she has basically taken our prince away from the royal family and we are now just left in the fucking dark, okay? I have to applaud her for the composure that she was able to maintain, you know, being bullied by Peter's mom in public on live TV. What the fuck? Why is Peter's mom so invested in his, you know, personal life? Maybe it will work. Maybe it won't. You only fucking learn from your mistakes. And by trying to prevent him to make those mistakes, you are stripping him from the ability to make these decisions himself, which as we have seen, he is completely incapable of doing. Anyway, the only person that has really come out on top this season, I have to say, Hannah Ann. I mean, forgive me for previously calling her my little pony. She really fucking did look like my little pony with that little ponytail of her and this like blue tank top that she was wearing and, you know, walking in the fields and whatnot. I never realized how smart she was until the last couple episodes where, first of all, she could tell something was wrong and the way that she stood up for herself. And I never thought I would see a day where Deanna Espia was on Hannah Ann's team. Everyone seems to be loving her. We all love an underdog, but she wasn't annoying about it. She wasn't manipulative about it. I feel like she was just vulnerable and she was real and she gave us a little bit of sass, which I've never seen from her before. And I was all about it. Goodbye, my little pony. Hello, my little sassy. I liked it. 
Okay. I just want to talk about coronavirus for, for a second because, you know, something really bugs me. And I feel like my only coping mechanism at this point is talking about it on this podcast because, you know, can't leave the house, can't do anything, can't touch people. I'm going to let you bitches know. So it really fucking bugs me when people invite me out and, you know, I kindly let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm extremely phobic. I'm very afraid. I don't want to leave my house. I don't feel comfortable doing so. And I get fucking bullied and shamed for being afraid. Who the fuck do you think you are to tell me what I'm allowed or not allowed to be afraid of? First of all, again, relating to The Bachelor, would rather be safe, not sorry, because when I am fucking sorry, I don't want to be the reason why every person that surrounds me is sick and is incapable of finding groceries. Already the case at this point. Number two, do you think that by trying to bully me into coming out with you because you're a miserable fuck, it's going to make me enjoy the experience knowing that I'm going to be paranoid and afraid? No, you're going to make it worse. You're only adding negativity to this situation. Hence why I will not be going out with you. And by the way, for people who are telling me if you'd rather be alone, that's fine. At least get it right because I'm not fucking alone. I have a dog. Thank you very much. Without further ado, let's get to Jared Freed's interview. He was fucking epic. So many insights about reality TV, The Bachelor, Love is Blind, relationships. You're going to absolutely love it. Jared Freed. Hello. I never knew about you until I heard you on Amanda's podcast. And then I was like, I, I need to steal him for a sec. Oh, very nice. Thank you. I need all your input, everything about dating, The Bachelor, Love is Blind. Okay. I now follow all your stuff on Instagram. and I'm a huge fan. We actually have a mutual friend. Do you know Jacqueline Malfuji? I do know her. There you go. Okay, so you don't live in Hollywood, but I am the first reality TV watcher slash hater. I love to watch them, but I fucking hate them, but I want to look like them. So I always provide some kind of a lifestyle tip, but I feel like you have so many stories, so many anecdotes, so much insight because of your podcast, which is like a dating advice podcast that I feel like you'd have a really great tip for everyone. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I think for dating, my biggest tip is to be okay with your own taste. I think a lot of us are embarrassed of the things that maybe turn us off to people. We give people second and third chances, and that ends up lowering our own standard in order to make it so someone will like us more. And that just never generally works. So like something, you know, something that's pretty divisive that gets brought on the podcast a lot is like, okay, should someone pay for the date? I'm not here to tell someone whether they should or shouldn't pay for the date. My feeling is that you should own the feeling of someone paying for the date. If it didn't make you feel good that they paid and you would have rather split, then this isn't the match for you. But if you would have felt better if they paid, it's okay to say that. That doesn't make you a snob. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just, these are the things that kind of fit your flavor profile. So I think being okay with your own taste is a big dating thing. I think a lot of relationships are made so personal, as, as dumb as that sounds, and as like, it's like, it's not personal, it's the match. 
Uh, dating, dating. Let's talk about dating shows because I know that you recap, you know, you watch, it's on your stories. I cried of laughter last night about so many fucking things. We had so many of the same opinions on so many things regarding The Bachelor. I just want what stood out to you the most in this episode before we related to everyday life and our dating lives. Uh, definitely Peter's mom. I mean, that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty fun. I, uh, you know, Peter brings home two women and the mom is like, she's a very dramatic, uh, very emotional person. And it's crazy that she would look, you know, get that hyped up about someone, but, and on TV for that matter. But it's, uh, yeah, the mom is definitely the standout of the whole episode. I have to say, I'm very disappointed that we did not get a bring her home. She did it. She did it. So it was all. So the reveal was that Hannah Ann um, was the one that she wants Peter to choose. And she yeah. said, bring her home to us. Bring her home. And he stops her. And that was the thing. It was a very interesting moment of like a guy whose mom is obviously like, a big personality obviously has a lot of say in his romantic relationships, obviously gets a, gets a word in. And he was like, you got to stop this. Like you're going so crazy that it's hard because here's the thing. Like Peter's mom, no one wants to disappoint their mom. And she's kind of using that against Peter because Peter's sitting there being like, Hey, I'm trying to make a tough choice. And then she sees that he might make a choice that he she doesn't agree with. So she's like, bring her home to me. And Peter's like, oh my God, I don't want to like, you know, my, I'm making my mom cry. And she's, you. this is obviously a very much a, a jujitsu technique for the mom. She sees, I'm not going to get my way. So I'm going to make a big flamboyant cry fest and then make sure that everyone backs down so that I'll stop. And, it, you know, Peter stops her and goes, hey, you do this all the time. And that was the kind of the, you know, the word back that it's like, oh, this is performative. This is what she does. And he's got to take, you know, he's got to find his backbone in this situation. Number one, thank you. This is why I had you on the show. I just needed you to say bring up. <laughs> on the fucking podcast because this is my favorite thing I've ever seen on Insta stories and on any podcast. But number two, this season and this episode was so fucking boring that I, my attention span, I just, I was waiting for this moment and I just didn't even notice it happened because I was Ooh. probably distracted with something else that caught my attention more than Peter's fucking drama, you know, picking which white girl problem he likes more. But about the mom, I have to say, this is typically the kind of mom that if I was dating a guy who had a similar mom, I would run for my fucking life. And I'm so glad that he stood up to her and was like, no, shut the fuck up. Because you don't realize this, but so many guys actually have that weakness that they can't say no to their moms. No, I realize it. I think the mother the mother son relationship uh, is something that comes up a lot, and it's weird. It's weird because you know it's a it's a thing of like it's ep it's like uh, you know Oedipal, and it's like she's looking at a guy that rem is reminiscent of the man she grew up grew up falling in love with. So all this, you know, as icky as this sounds, like a mother looks at her son and goes, "That's." 
the man that I fell in love with. That's the guy I dated. Now they're with this old schlub dad and he looks like, you know, the old version and she's looking at you going, oh my God, I got to make sure that, you know, that my son who I love, it's a little weird. The whole relationship's weird and it's very close and the son can do no wrong because just like the father could do no wrong when they dated, it's a little weird. I just find it so hard to find someone who acts like a fucking grown up at this point because the moms are trying to make all the decisions for them. And I think that Peter's mom putting on that whole show and that whole fucking performance was just, to me, it was just attention seeking. I don't know. And controlling and manipulative. I called it manipulative. Yeah. It's just very much a mom thing. Like I know where it comes from. There's nothing like, I don't think she's evil or bad is just like one of those things. It just is what it is. Like, I, I think it's all emotional. You know, when you're saying, how do I make sure that my son does what I think is right for him? And it's from a place of love, you know, like I, she does, you know, Peter's mom isn't there to like manipulate him in a way that she doesn't think is right. It's just the way that she thinks is her way. I want to know what you think about the dad because I thought the dad was cheesy as fuck and I was more creeped out by the dad than I was by the mom, actually. The dad is very, uh, he just has a look of like, like a, just like a former porn star, but like their whole <laughs> relationship was kind of built on that, like that they like, you know, they, they're like very sexual together and they're just like, it's just that like, I, I don't know, it, he just has this, stare his gaze is even a little too much and that's not really fair to him but at the same time he's sitting there just like looking across at hannah ann and you're like i just kept waiting for him to say the word fondle like he just looks like he uses that in conversation it's like Legit. with the shirt open and the big chain he literally looked like a porn star director from the 70s yeah it was has a look. And then the brother starts bringing up like you're a very sexual person, the younger brother. Well, I would say that the brother was the only one making like good points. Like he, the brother, Chris, you know, he said it in a way that was funny. He's like, how, he's like, how are you gonna, you know, do your thing? How are you going to bang? And how are you going to line dance? You know how you are. It was funny because it was like, it was a moment where you, like the younger brother looks up to the older brother, like everything Peter does is probably cool to him. And he's like, dude, you got to get your fuck on. You you know how you are. You go to, you, you line dance. You got all the broads at the honky tonk. And it's like, it's very cute because the brother, he's just saying that he's like, he's this stud to him. And it's like his version of a stud is a honky tonk line dancer in Orange County. And it's like, all right, but I, but what he was saying was very true. He was saying, he's like, listen, you live a lifestyle and that has to connect with the person you're dating's lifestyle. And this is back to the who should pay for the date question, where it became a lot about her virginity versus like, it, this isn't a question of Madison being a virgin being right or wrong. It's just what she is. So what she is has to match up with what Peter is. We're all looking for someone to be our match be based on how their parents fucked them up and our parents fucked us up. We're looking for a molding of two spawn of two fucked up parents because we're all screwed up in our own ways. So it's not about, 
oh, Madison's a virgin, so you can't be with her because that's not the right way to live your life. No, no, no. It's about Madison's a virgin. You are someone who's had sex four times in a windmill and literally is most famous for that. Will you connect emotionally knowing that these are where the worlds you're coming from? And it, and it becomes personal, but it's not. It's just a, a, a statement of practicality. When you've built your career around having sex four times in a windmill, you cannot build a family around fucking Jesus. I'm really sorry. I, it does not match up to me. Do you think that people need to be similar to end up together, though? Do you not think that they can work through things together? You honestly? can work through things. I, I'm saying, like, here's an example. Like, my girlfriend and I, we go out for dinner and we order a bunch, like a few appetizers. Then we get like a meal. Then we might get some like coffee afterwards. Like the way we order is very like she might not like the same appetizers as me, but we both like getting a few appetizers. So, again, we can go, well, let's get the chicken wings. Let's get the, you know, the calamari and let's get the, uh, uh, the you know, the steak bites. And she'll go, well, I don't want steak bites. I want to get the mozzarella sticks. And I would go, okay, well, let's do that. Those are two people on the same page with how to order a meal. Now, if I was on a date with a different girl and she goes, I'll get what I want and you get what you want. I'd be like, oh, we're from two different, you know, ordering systems. We don't match in this way. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's actually a really good analogy, to be honest, because it's not about the, um, traditions it's about the values yeah it's 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 uh, it's 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 finding you know someone that you can mold with and you know and exactly. I, I think with with peter like i would you know we're all making assumptions for him based on what we know in the show we don't know what is you know reality tv and not reality tv but when you see someone say to you i don't want you know that you know saying to someone Hey, I don't want you to be intimate with someone six days before you enga- get engaged to me. That's a totally reasonable thing to ask. A hundred percent. I. That's the thing that shocked me the most. She is, she's actually getting, I don't know if she's getting hate or not for it because I don't pay attention to that stuff, but I'm sure that's, you know, the Jesus people are obsessed with her and the non-Jesus people thinks it's man, think it's manipulative. But I don't think that asking someone not to fuck two girls before an, enga- an engagement is a crazy ask. Well, you're saying that without context. That's what she's doing. I, yeah. I, I, I got you don't it. have just because you're the bachelor doesn't mean that you have to have sex with everyone on the fucking show. You can wait for after the show if you're, you know, if you're unsure. Well, I mean, I would disagree with that just because. Really? Well, because I think to say to hold withhold the information until the day before, you know, you're going to fuck island and then hold up fuck island because you don't like what happens on the show, you shouldn't have gone on the show in the first place. You knew where this led to. So that should have been open. Like to me, hiding the virginity until the last, you know, the third to last episode is the same thing as hiding whether she's a vegan or not. I would want to know both of those. It's just a fact about you. That's a big part of your life that I was left out on. If this was something that was important to you, then being on this show. So like to say like what happens with Maddie a lot is she says the, the thing that you can't disagree with. I don't want to have sex with someone who just had sex. I don't want to get engaged to someone who just had sex with someone six days before. Yeah, of course, of course. But that, that doesn't, that, 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 literally leaves out all the context of being on a dating show of being uh, going to a place called the fantasy suite 
leaving it out because you, you know, it's, it makes it so you can stay on the show the longest. I agree. It kind of relates to love is blind. Um, when with the, the bisexual guy, I can't remember his name. Oh yeah. He did the same thing. He did this. I, ha- I I do agree with you. I agree with you. Like that Carlton, she should have not- Carlton yeah. did the thing that people do on the internet a lot, which is they make a statement that is something you can't disagree with. You know, Carlton says, I don't want to be judged for my past, my, for my sexuality. And it's like, of course, no one's judging you for your sexuality. What you what we're judging you for is not giving someone the opportunity to fully know what your sexuality is so that they can make a decision for themselves as well. And when he says, I don't want to be judged for my sexuality, now he pulls in a whole group that's fought long and hard for rights and not be treated badly. And it's like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be involved in that group because you've now, this is a whole different situation. And let's not also forget, I don't know if you forgot this, but Madison is the one that commented on her own Instagram by mistake. Very phony. I I remember that. Didn't she get mad at somebody? No, she she commented on her own Instagram from her own account because obviously she was managing like one of her fan accounts and she she commented from her own Instagram saying you're so real and genuine. (laughs) That is just very insincere to me. And also she fucking dumps him in the desert. Like (laughs) just Yeah, she takes him on a two hour flight to go get dumped. I I if those if the gender roles were reversed the, they nobody would be on Peter's side for that. It was just such a funny moment because I've I've ended many a relationship. Not to say that like you know I'm proud of that, but I've been in positions where I've ended relationships, and it's always women do a thing where they'll like bring up a thousand details to get the group on their side to hate the guy. So they'll be like, and he brought in like. Peter, like, and and Madison did all that stuff that would have been, if that was a guy that brought her out, he, the girl would be like, and he brought me out to the desert. We went in a helicopter. So he lied the whole helicopter ride. He was being nice. And then he brings me up and I'm next to a wallaby. And he's like, we're over. And now I got to walk, take a two hour ride back from the desert. And it was three weeks before my half birthday on my mother's side. And it'd be like, oh my God. Like Jed is literally exiled from this country because of the, of the way he ended things. And this girl, Madison, didn't do, you know, not that far away from how Jed acted. <laughs> Literally, though, I'm actually crying. People need to know about this shit because also I'm 100% the girl who brings up all the negative details to put to, you know, for my friends to be against the guy that I want to dump. I can always tell when they're doing it too because we get these emails on the podcast where it's like, It'll be like seven different things like, and just so you know, he did this and he has no job and his penis is small and he (laughs) has no ball. And you're like, okay, I know what you're doing. Like you're trying, (laughs) how about you tell the story and then I'll decide who's right and wrong. I feel like this is a very enlightening moment for me. Now (laughs) I feel like I should be sending you something on the podcast and try to be more neutral. I I feel like now I've dumped guys unfairly. (laughs) Well, I think it's okay to dump someone. The, you know, what becomes unfair is the reality of it is that 99% of breakups happen for no reason at all. 
So it'd be a, it, we actually don't feel this way, but it'd be a lot easier to walk in on someone having sex with someone else. It'd be easier because you could go to your friends and go, my girlfriend fucked that dude. And they could all go, what a bitch, fuck her. Or my <laughs> boyfriend, fuck that chick. And, that, and you're, all your friends can go, fuck him, that whore. You know, that can be, <laughs> and then everyone can just eat their brunch and, and agree that everyone at the table is a good person and that guy and that girl or that girl and that guy are bad people. But the reality is it's not that way. Most relationships are just like, Hey, um, I don't want to meet your parents. So I'm going to end this a month before your birthday, just so I don't have to do that thing. Uh, you're really cool, but we have this age, you know, we're in 2020 where no one really socially cares whether we get married or not, you know, at 22. So I'm going to move on and try and fuck a lot of people. And it's like, so now what people do is they come to the brunch table and they say, look at all these small things that get you to be on my side. I'm 100% guilty of that, which brings me to love is blind. And my next question, don't you feel like for that exact reason that you've just brought up now, Jessica from love is blind is kind of being judged unfairly because deep down she knew she was like, I know this isn't right. This is not my vibe. I still gave it a try. I still give it, gave it a chance, but then she was just kind of like, no, sorry she didn't try to like paint him as a as a you know villain she didn't try to find bullshit excuses but she was just like not for me thank you very much we talked about love is blind on my on you up podcast last week and it was a very good discussion with uh the co-host jordana about not just jessica but the women on that show you know what was interesting i was like you know i didn't want to have a bias because I was like, why is it that the women all look bad and the men kind of all look pretty good? And yeah. I was like, I don't want to be that guy that's just being like, look at these women, they're bad. You know, I, I was like, why? And then Jordana brought up a good point where she was like, the whole nature of dating is like a lot of women will convince themselves into guys. They'll go, oh, well, the first date wasn't great, but, you know, he's not that of my type, but I'll get into it. Like, I've had my girlfriend tell me, she's like, you know, you're not normally my type. And I'm like, what kind of a thing? What if I said that to her? She'd be like, get the hell out of my, you know, she'd be pissed. But yeah. a lot of women, they'll go, you know what? He checks uh, this box and this box, so I'll keep going with it. And by, you know, where love is blind comes in, they take out all of that distraction that men kind of get, you know, screwed up with. Like, I think with like, all the dating apps and with, you know, with looking over your shoulder and your phone and girls you used to hook up with, guys get distracted way more in the beginning. So all these guys in the beginning had all those distractions taken away that generally a lot of women aren't really getting down with. Like, you know, if a girl finds someone that's really good on it, that they see prospects with on a dating app, they're like, Oh, this is a guy that could be the one. And when a guy sees a girl who's hot on a dating app, he goes, this is a girl I want to fuck. It's not, this is the one. This is, you know, the one I have to, you know, this is a, 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 like somewhat of a goal. Right. This is the right now. Yeah, exactly. So like you have these guys on Love is Blind where they're like, the one thing that is their downfall is taken away. You know, when we have emails in the podcast, a lot of girls are like, you know, these guys sound evil because of these dating apps. And it's like Love is Blind kind of switched that. So I, I think it was like, it was kind of, Love is Blind is kind of unfair to just the female mentality a little bit. 
You're saying that it removes all the negative aspects that guys bring to the dating world, but it doesn't do so for women. At, at all. And, maybe, right. and, and women maybe don't have as many negatives. I think the male negatives are pretty bad. Like the idea that a guy like is, is, is dating you like someone he wants to be in a relationship with just to have sex. That's well, the women do have negatives. We've seen the cattiness between Jessica and Amber. And that is something that is not brought up in the dating world today enough. I feel like, like you don't, we see a lot of relationships failing because for example, the guy was distracted. He didn't text. He went and saw someone else, but we don't see the other side. That is I'm going out with my girlfriends. This guy comes and talks to me. And one of my friends is like, you can't talk to him because I hooked up with him. Yeah. That happens too. I just, it it just was interesting that like the women look bad and the men didn't look as bad. And you're like wondering like, why did that happen? You know? And it's like, what was, you know, if you look at the experiment, quote unquote, that they went through, like you took away all those things that make guys, you know, the most evil. It's a very good point that I never actually noticed. So I feel really stupid talking to you, but you know what? I'm going to take it with me on my journey. You're not stupid. That, no, it's just that I just know I it's just something, you know, that I notice and it's not, you know, a smart, stupid thing. It's just like, oh, my God, like I've been in that position as a guy where I'm like dating someone that's really great while swiping. And it's like I just know from the, doing the podcast and taking the emails like you have a lot of more um, like I think a lot of women are giving more intellectual time to men that aren't giving this time back to them. And maybe I'm too cutthroat for the dating world, hence why I'm 31 and still single and not finding anyone. But as soon as I'm in a place where I question those intentions and I'm not sure that the guy is into me, I'm like, no, no, thank you. Goodbye. Here's the thing. I I, I don't think it's too cutthroat. I think it's okay to be like, this is kind of back to like, you know, if you, you know, it's okay that those, you have a standard. There's nothing wrong with having a standard. Like, yeah. And that's, that's my dog has standards too clearly absolutely and it's like sometimes someone with a standard is you know would say well i'm maybe very picky no you're just sussing out guys that would have been a waste of time a hundred percent you know so it's like with a lot of these people they're like well what's that and it's like here's what people don't want to hear anymore is he's not that into you they want to know the why What's going on? Why would he do these three things that seem sweet, but I'm not getting fulfillment out of them? And it's like, right. I totally understand that because right now it's really easy to act like you're giving uh, someone time when you aren't. Like, it's really easy to send a good morning text. It's really easy to say, hey, we should go out sometimes. It's really easy to be like, hey, I'm out. Why don't you come meet up? Like, those are all nice and easy things. And they get too much credit as effort. Are you for someone getting those answers by just being like, hey, I'm just wondering, are you not texting or still on dating apps for X, Y, Z? Or are you more for just believing that if someone is not making the effort that you are expecting, they're just not right for you and that should be done? I think I'm all for listening to someone's actions. And what I mean by that is, hey, again, back to the you know, the Hannah Ann conversation where someone's like, you're weird, you're acting, you're confusing me. It's not confusing if both people are being honest. So you say, so my thing to people is always like, hey, 
it's okay to say, hey, I'm down to get drinks next week. Let me know when you want to do it. And they I, people either make a plan or they don't. And if they don't, you say, and then they go, well, I'm not sure this week. I'm not sure that week. I'm not sure my plan. You go, no problem. Let me know. And that's all you got to say. Because they'll either let you know or not. And maybe their let you know is, hey, I'm out Saturday. Come meet up. And you go, well, that's not how I want to be taken out. That's okay to say. You can go, well, that doesn't taste good to me. I wanted a real date. You can go, hey, man, um, I can't meet up tonight. Still down for drinks next week. Let me know when. I think the minute you take it personally is the minute you kind of lose in this whole thing. Where if you just say, yeah, it's okay to say, to, these are all contract negotiations. You're at the table saying, I want to be taken for drinks on a Thursday night. And the person across from you says, well, nah, I can't do that, but I can do Saturday at 11. And you go, oh, I don't want that. Well, I guess we're never going to come to terms. I have a couple questions for you about two pop culture topics. Just because you've given me such great opinions and insights on this episode, I'm really curious to know what you think about two things. Number one, I don't know if you heard, you're, you're familiar with the app TikTok. I'm familiar. Okay. So Lizzo, you know who Lizzo, mm-hmm. Lizzo is, um, called out TikTok for deleting one of her videos saying that they are not inclusive of bigger girls because I think she was like twerking or doing something. And she says that some of the smaller, you know, slimmer, younger girls on there do stuff that is much more scandalous than what she's doing and that they're basically fat shaming her or not in- inclusive of, you know, the bigger girls in- within the community. Mm-hmm. I want your thoughts on that. What are my thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's hard because. Are you trying to be politically correct? No. I can give the unpopular opinion if you want because I have one. What's your opinion? So I don't think that TikTok is fact shaming because I personally love that, you know, Lizzo is very body positive, etc. Do I think that she overdoes it on Instagram and that we like we get it? Yes, I think that every post does not need to be about her weight and how proud she is of it. I would love to see more music. I would love to see her covering other songs. I would love to see little vocal exercises before she goes on stage. I think we get it. With regards to the whole TikTok not being inclusive of the community, I'm... I was, you know, hosting on TV the other day or whatever it was, it's social thing. And I was wearing a very V-neck deep plunge, um, what do you call it? Cleavage, right? Mm -hmm. I have no boobs. Were my co-hosts looking at me in the eye and in the face? Yes, they were. No attention was drawn to my, you know, torso, to my boobs that I don't have because I have none. So I think that things look different on different people and it's not fat shaming or skinny shaming. It's just saying, if you have more skin to show, the more you show it, the more it's going to be seen. So maybe her moves were just as scandalous as some of the moves that some of the smaller girls were making on the video, but it just doesn't come across the same way. Because if you have a bigger butt and you're twerking, Mm -hmm. you're essentially twerking more than someone who has no hips and tries to do it, but it's just not happening for them. I, I, I hear, I hear your perspective. I, I can't agree with it um, under the 
because I haven't seen the videos. So I haven't seen her. Here's the thing that I'll say. I Lizzo, not having not seen Lizzo's video. Also, I'm not sure if Lizzo has presented a video that is the same as hers that didn't get take de- taken down. So if we we're in a court of law, I would look for precedent. I go, okay, where's the video of the person you're referring to? But here's what I know about Lizzo. Her album was out for two years and then got popular when she became an inspirational figure to people. Okay. This is what happens online. You can either, there's a lot of people gaining an audience via that person represents my struggle. So Lizzo has capitalized on the curvy woman, you know, segment of the audience, which she should do that, but always follow the money. So without having seen the video, I know that Lizzo has a financial has a financial incentive in referring to stories as anti-curvy woman. So when I hear that from her, if it's the same note every time where it's like, well, this is anti this and this is anti that. So to, to me, that's, you know, she's incentivized to have arguments like the one she presented. So this is without seeing the video. Like I would have, a, you know, I'm not sure if my opinion would change if I didn't see the video or if I saw another yeah. video that you were referring to. But I, I do know that in the social media world, we live in the follower economy. And if how you get your followers and your following is via, you know, saying I'm the leader of, you know, the, you know, the curvy, woman, movement. the curvy movement, then it, it makes me trust when you keep going back to the well of that movement. So, I love it because you've taken your personal feelings completely outside of the equation and you've just looked at it from a perspective of this girl is a fucking businesswoman and she's out, she means business. Yeah, this is all for money. Money makes the world go round. That's what it is. I mean, look at ourselves. We can't, I'm not saying I'm better than that. I watch the bathroom. I'm 100% not better than that. I filter all my fucking Instagram photos. Yeah, so it's all about money. We all want followers. We all want to sell tickets to shows. We all want the podcast to have ads. It, 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 this is, again, like back to dating. I don't take it personally. Lizzo doing her thing and accusing people. I never. The, the thing is, no one is as outraged as they say they are online. If you had to send a letter you would to, to be outraged, you would never have any rage. I'm being checked on so many different in so many different ways on this episode, I and I really love like, it. I didn't mean I to check it. you. I, I like talking to you, so I, I don't. No, know. I love it. No, no, no. I am upset because I'm not the nicest podcaster. Like oh. I, I shit on the Hollywood culture a lot. Like mm. I'm a part of it, and I indulge in some of the things, and I, I admit that I'm a hypocrite. But I, I shit on a lot of the Hollywood culture stuff. You know, where I'm from, people don't ask you, for example, how much is your rent? Like, how much money did you pay for this? Like, to us, it's offensive. So when I moved here and people are like, how much was your dog? How much is your rent? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I didn't realize that I had to tip here because in my country, tip is included. So I've had people run after me and call me names because I didn't tip them and things. you know, it's it's an interesting culture shock. So that's kind of what I talk about on the podcast. And I get a lot of hate for it because, you know, I watch these reality stars being absolute fucking assholes. And I'm like, it bugs me. It have, bugs you ever, me. have you ever applied to be on any of these shows or no? No. Why? No, I'm just wondering. Oh, tell me why. I want to know where you were getting at with this. 
I'm not getting at everything. I was wondering, you know, you're out in LA and you see, you just said that you see all these uh, reality stars. I'm wondering if there's like anything in you that you're like, you know, well, if they could be on these shows, why would not? So I see what you're saying. My fascination with them is not from a like, I want to be you standpoint. So I started in journalism here. Mm. So my fascination with them is I love the unfiltered aspect of it that we actually, when you get an interview with reality TV people, it's not just like, what are you wearing? And then you get the cookie, like the, the, the standard response that is super media trained. You actually get feelings and emotion. And that's kind of the nitty gritty that I want to get at when I do interviews. Um, and I hate on the culture because I grew up as a stage kid back in the day. Mm-hmm. I have the insider as to what it's like to be in that industry, but also to walk away to maintain your sanity. And I'm just so intrigued by people who are still in it and how they cope. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I'm just interested. And it's, it comes from interest rather than hate and jealousy. Gotcha. I am jealous of all these reality stars now having huge podcasts now. I will say that. <laughs> okay. That's the truth, though. They literally, they don't know how to host. They don't know how to interview. They talk about themselves all the time. And they have a top-charting podcast where I literally learn nothing. It bugs me. Other question for you. Coronavirus, we've spoken about it. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it on every fucking podcast, but I've legit had a meltdown about it today. And there's this new thing going around now called coronavirus porn, which is like people having sex with face masks on. Opinion. Well, there's a porn for everything. I, I I think it's more uplifting than it is negative. When I, when people, you know, a lot of people are wondering about, are they look good looking enough? You know, back to the Lizzo thing, like big or small or curvy or not curvy or small chest, big chest, big dick, small dick, whatever. There's somebody, <laughs> there's, if you go on porn sites, there's a category for everything. So I think it can be uplifting. There's someone out there masturbating to coronavirus porn okay you whatever you are listener me you we are somebody's coronavirus porn there's someone (laughs) masturbating to feet you and i are someone's foot so so everyone is good looking to someone everyone's masturbating to something weird and you're that something for someone so i think it can be uplifting Do I have to pay you or give you credit for my tagline being, I am someone's coronavirus porn? I've been saying you're someone's foot for a long time, but I I transferred it into corona because I didn't know about the coronavirus porn. This is the number one best fucking thing that's ever been said on this show. I'm happy. Thank you. And I've been doing it for three years. So let me tell you. Thank you for the fantastic impression of Peter's mom. I mean, it's worth it. I appreciate it. It's worth so much. I just wanted to have it on the show. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you, share all your socials and your podcast, your shows, everything? Instagram, at Jared Freed. That's where you find me. I'm doing the Bachelor Live screams. They're all in my highlights. Um, J Train podcast, as well as the You Up podcast. And that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Say It With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful thing you can do for this show. And of course, because I'm such a nice person, if you send me a screenshot of your review, I'll be sending you some goodies in the mail. If you want to engage in the conversation yourself, you're also welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Say It With Me. Don't forget to look for it. And if you would like to support the show further, you can also join my Patreon for some super 
super, super exclusive content that you cannot find on the main podcast. Hope you enjoy this episode.